friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Listen, I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm going to give you some personal life updates from me. And also, I wanted to let you know that in this episode, I was really thinking about what would be most beneficial for people. You know, we've had kind of a month into this new year to kind of work with our goals and play around with them. Maybe some of them you're crushing it and it's easy and fun. And maybe some of those goals are uh, a struggle. So I'm going to give you some tips today to help you strategize habit building so that committing to your goals and actually seeing them all the way through is going to be easy for you and hopefully fun. We're going to talk about how to make your goals more fun. But the point is to build in the habits in your lifestyle to make your accomplishments easy. So how does that sound? You excited? Awesome. Well, first, a personal life update from me. I want to thank you again for your patience with me as I've only produced one episode in the month of January and let you know that the reason for this is because I am pregnant and I am about four months pregnant right now and my husband and I are totally thrilled. We are so excited for this. We've been waiting a very long time for this to happen for us. And with that said, the first trimester for me personally was really difficult. I mean, I had absolutely no energy. I could barely get out of bed, could barely function. So I missed you and I wanted to bring you a podcast episode. And I'm just going to have to ask for your grace (laughs) on the fact that I didn't do one. So I hope that you are still a fan and still a avid listener of the show. And I hope that you will leave me a positive review, even though I've been a little bit flaky on you. I do want to acknowledge that and let you know that I am committed to continuing this journey with you. So with all of that said, today's episode is going to be helping you create clear habits that will accomplish your goals for you. And it will be much easier if you can apply these seven tips that I am about to give you. I want to start with why this episode is going to be super helpful for you. Would it be helpful for you to have a habit built in so unconsciously that your goals just happen automatically without you having to feel inspired or feel motivated to work towards them? I think so. Now, before I knew this process that I'm about to teach you in the seven steps of creating and building better habits, I used to think that hitting a goal required a lot of willpower and a lot of motivation. So sometimes I would hit goals and I'd be like, oh my gosh, hitting that goal was really easy. 
And other times I would struggle with a goal like forever trying to figure out why can't I just do the activities required to get this goal met and it would be a struggle. And if you've ever experienced that, it can be outright frustrating at the very least and all the way down you could feel like a total failure if you've been attempting a goal over and over and over again with absolutely no results you can feel so defeated so i want to erase all of that and give you the methods so that making your goals becomes a part of your daily habit a daily routine and then You no longer need the willpower to just grit yourself to the end, but instead you have motivation and you have inertia behind you, that momentum that is pulling you, propelling you forward towards your goals so that getting to the finish line is actually easy. So the first thing to understand with any type of activity that you are going to do, I want to teach you this concept. It is an NLP concept called strategies. Now you might have an idea of what strategies are and how you implement them at work or in a game, but my definition of strategies right now is very specific to getting things done. And so I want to go into detail of an NLP definition of strategies. So let me start by saying that everything that you do in your life requires an unconscious strategy that you run. So it doesn't matter if we're talking about you getting up and going to work, you getting to the gym, you making dinner, Whatever it is that you do in your life, you are running an unconscious strategy. So I'm going to pull this unconscious strategy conscious so that you can understand the concept and then use it to your advantage. So if I were to ask you the question, how do you know it's time to make dinner every night? Or how do you go about making dinner every night? Everyone would have a different answer. So I want you to give yourself a second to answer this question either out loud or in your head, how do you decide to make dinner every night? Now here's what's really cool. Everyone will have a different strategy for this. So some people will say, well, I look at the clock and then I know it's time to make dinner. Other people are, I look at my kitchen table and I know it's time to make dinner. Both of these people have a visual trigger. Some people are looking at the clock, some people are looking at the table, some people are looking at their family, and the visual trigger allows them to start the process of deciding to make dinner. For other people, it might not be a visual trigger. Maybe it's an auditory trigger, like somebody asks the question, what's for dinner? And what's for dinner is an auditory trigger that then gets them to decide it's time to make dinner. Other people, it's not a visual trigger. It's not an auditory trigger. It's actually a self-talk trigger. So they say to themselves, I guess I should get dinner started. And they have an, an internal dialogue with themselves. That is a different type of trigger. It's a self-talk trigger. The last possible trigger that people will have is a kinesthetic trigger. Now this kinesthetic trigger could be an internal feeling like, oh, it feels like it's time to make dinner. Maybe it's an emotion or hunger would be an internal feeling. 
or there could be a textile external feeling like a touching of some sort of feeling like for example I touch the doorknob on my way in the door and I know that as soon as I touch that doorknob it is time for me to go in the kitchen and make dinner so that is the difference between a kinesthetic internal would be an emotion or a feeling of some sort whereas a kinesthetic external would be a textile touch I'm touching something and that's the trigger also your visual triggers could be in your head so for some people it's I see the stove and I know it's time to make dinner Other people see a picture in their head, like I see myself in the kitchen making dinner and then that's my visual trigger to get up and go in the kitchen. And believe it or not, auditory could be external, someone talking to you or a ding or a sound, like your alarm going off in the morning is an external auditory trigger. Some people hear sounds in their head or they hear someone talking to them in their head, like they imagine their family saying what's for dinner and then that's the internal auditory trigger that gets them up and moving. Here's why this is really exciting and I'm a total nerd for this stuff and I love it because once you figure out that everything you do in your life, I don't care if we're talking about getting up and going to work, if we're talking about going to the gym or if we're talking about sitting down and publishing a podcast, there's a trigger involved. Once you are aware of your trigger and your strategy, then you can consciously create a strategy that works for you to get something done every single time. Now we've talked about the first step of a strategy. The first step of a strategy is that trigger. So whether it be a visual trigger, an auditory trigger, a self-talk trigger, or a kinesthetic trigger, that is the first step in a strategy. Usually strategies have three to four steps. Now, here's what's really cool about understanding the strategy. The rest of the steps are the same as the steps I already laid out for you. So let's say the first trigger is a visual external. Oh, I see the stove and I know it's time to make dinner. The other steps in the strategy are the things we already covered. Maybe an internal dialogue, self-talk. Yeah, I think it is time to make dinner. Followed by a feeling. Yes, I feel like making dinner. Let's go do this. That is a three-step strategy. Visual trigger, followed by self-talk, followed by an internal feeling. And if all of those are met in that order, I will get up and go make dinner every single time but here's when it fails me. An unconscious strategy can fail for many different reasons. The first one is you start running the strategy and you're interrupted. That strategy is interrupted. So let's say you see the stove and then the next is usually the self-talk, but someone comes over and starts a conversation with you. You've just interrupted the strategy. So guess what? dinner doesn't get started. Even though you had the trigger, you didn't finish the final steps of the strategy. So you fell out of the three-step strategy and didn't finish. Another possibility why a strategy may not work is if one of the steps in the strategy becomes negative. So let's say I see the stove and then I have an internal dialogue that's negative. Like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to do that followed by a negative emotion like frustration. I still run the three-step strategy, but if anywhere along the line I'm having negative steps in my strategy, 
I'm less likely to get up and finish what I first was triggered to do. So here's what's really cool if you're listening to this and you're like, this is a lot of head knowledge. Here's how you can apply it. Once you figure out what your strategy is, you can actually install for yourself a positive trigger followed by positive steps that involve positive self-talk and positive emotions that maybe you run consciously for a few times just to build that habit and then it's unconscious and you no longer have to think about it. And instead of forcing yourself to just feel motivated and get something done, you actually are running an unconscious strategy to just make sure things get done. Let me give you an example of this, unconscious strategies that you're running to help you get stuff done every day. One example of this is how you wake up in the morning. You wake up in the morning every single morning because you have an unconscious strategy. Now, everyone's strategy for waking up in the morning is different. Some people, they see coffee in their head and they're like, ooh, yeah, that sounds good to me right now. Coffee. And they have that internal dialogue and they're like, yep, I'm sold. I want to go do that. And then they get up and go because they had a visual trigger of the coffee followed by the self-talk, followed by the positive emotion, and they got up and went and got their coffee, and now they're out of bed. Other people, that's not their strategy at all. For other people, they have to have the auditory trigger, that alarm that goes off and is blaring in their ear, and then they have the next step of their strategy, which is either self-talk, oh, it's time to get up, I guess, or a feeling like, yay, I'm so excited to start my day. And then they have their third step. So maybe their third step is a picture of them getting in the shower. And they're like, yep, okay, I got this. Step, 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 I'm done, I'm up, I'm in the shower. So no matter what you do in your life, you run a strategy to get it done. Guaranteed. Now, how can this information support you? We're going to get to that. I want to start in chronological order of how you can create for yourself habits that last long term for you to get your habits done. The very first tip that I have for you is I want you to start with a clear desired outcome. This sounds easy, but I cannot tell you how many clients come to me with unclear outcomes and then they have no momentum to pull them forward because they have no vision of where they're going. An example of an unclear desired outcome. I want to lose weight. That is extremely unclear because I'm not sure if losing weight means a pound, an ounce, five pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds. And since I'm not clear and my unconscious mind is not clear, I'm not driven to really do anything about that because I have no clear desired outcome. I wanna make more money. Okay, how much more money would you like to make and by when? And is this something that's just a one-time goal or you wanna see an increase in profits overall every single month? Let's get clearer on that goal. I want to be happier. Okay, well, what are the things in your life that are going to create more joy and happiness for you? How will you know when you are happier? How will you know what is the evidence that you are living a happier lifestyle besides just a state, an emotion? Because you could be happier right now if you chose to be, but I know that's not what you mean. 
So let's get clearer on what is the desired outcome that you want for yourself. So step one, make sure your goals are specific, that that desired outcome is very, very clear to your unconscious mind. And make sure that specific goal has a very clear deadline. I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals before. SMART meaning specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timed with a deadline. I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals before. So my question to you is, how well are you implementing that this year? Have you come up with some clear SMART goals or not? And if the answer is no, hey, no judgment. Let's just get clearer on what you want to create in your life by making them specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timed goals. Now let's review. Specific. I just went over making sure that the evidence and the outcome are very clear and and specific. So not specific would be, I want to lose weight. Specific would be, I want to lose a certain amount of weight. I want to lose 10 pounds, for example, would be specific. Now, measurable is different than specific because how am I going to measure that progress? If we're talking about weight loss, it's easy to measure. You take a before weight, right? And then you track your progress until you see that number on the scale hit the number that you want. And that is the measure of your results. But if we're talking about something that's not weight loss, this is where people get confused on how to measure their results. So what I will do with clients, if if I have a client that comes to me and says, I want more confidence, for example, again, it's what does that look like? How will you know when you have more confidence in your life? And then the next thing that I do is I make them scale their confidence level right now. So scale of one to 10, 10 being 100% the most confident person in the world, where are you now? And let's say they say, I'm a three. Well, great. Now we at least have a measure so that we can check in every week and see, did that scale go up? Because if it did, we're measuring our success. So a tip for you is if you're not clear on the measurement, use a sliding scale to support you and gauging your progress. And I don't mean scale the scale in your bathroom. I mean the 1 to 10 scale, 10 being 100% exactly what you want. Where are you right now? Now, achievable. People get achievable and realistic mixed up all the time. So let me explain the difference between achievable and realistic. Is it achievable for me to run a marathon? For me personally, yes, that is achievable. I'm healthy. I've got great working legs. If I wanted to run a marathon, that is achievable for me. Is it realistic for me to run 26.2 miles tomorrow? Hell no. It is not realistic for me to run 26.2 miles tomorrow because I haven't run in the past six months. Now, somebody that runs marathons all the time, that is completely realistic and achievable and they're going to go do it tomorrow. So achievable is, is it achievable for you? And then realistic is, are you giving yourself enough time and bandwidth to properly prepare for this goal? Which brings us to T, timed. By when are you expecting to do this? Because it is achievable for me to run a marathon, but it is not realistic for me to do it tomorrow. So I need to give myself more time. So maybe I'm going to give myself a year 
and that is the achievable realistic time that makes sense for me given my past history with running. Okay, so that's SMART goals in a nutshell. So step number one, make sure that you start with a clear desired outcome that is written in a SMART goal. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timed. Step two, and this is so simple, and yet how many people don't do this? Step two is write your goals down. I know this is elementary stuff, you guys, But I cannot tell you the amount of people that I talk to that tell me their goals and they don't write them down. Here's the thing. You are 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. 42%. Do you want a 42% statistic head start? Yeah, you do. So write your goals down. When I have clients that write their goals down, far and away, the amount of momentum carrying them towards the goal far outweighs the clients who don't write them down. And the clients who don't write them down usually have quote unquote good reason like, well, it's in my head. I know what I'm doing. You know, I have the meal plan in place and I have the exercise routine in place. So I don't really need to write it down. You do need to write it down. The writing it down is mostly for your unconscious mind. When you put pen to paper, you are involving all parts of your conscious and unconscious brain to work together so you can write out your goal. So when you do that, you give yourself alignment unconsciously that this is what I'm going to do. And you're 42% more likely to get it done. So please write it down. Okay, you're on board. This is where the tips get a little bit more interesting. Step three is to figure out what strategy you are currently running to do XYZ. So what is the current strategy you have on working towards this goal? Figure that out. Let me give you an example. Let's say your goal is to go to the gym five days a week. And that's the goal and you've written it down and that's measurable because it's five days a week. And you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Great. What are you currently doing to get to the gym? Figure out the three to four step strategy. What is your trigger? Is it a visual external? Is it a visual internal? Is it an auditory external? Is it an auditory internal? Is it a self-talk? Do you say that to yourself in your head or out loud? And the last one is, is it a feeling? Is it an emotional feeling on the inside or is it a tactile touch on the outside? Now, this isn't as complicated as it sounds. And if you need support with this, you can absolutely book a strategy session with me and I will help you. But I will give you the question that you can ask yourself when you're sitting down to write out your strategy. And yes, I recommend you write it out because it's going to help you keep track of what step you're on. So the question is, how do you decide to fill in the blank? How do you decide to go to the gym? See what comes up for you and be like, hmm, how do I decide to go to the gym? Well, first I, depends on the person, look at the clock. Do I have time? Okay, so that would be a visual looking at the clock and then a self-question, self-talk. Do I have time? Followed by what? A answer and a feeling. Yes, I do have time and I feel great about that decision. Boom, decision made, going to the gym. 
why do I need you to figure out your strategy? Because your strategy is either working for you 100% of the time, 80% of the time, 50% of the time, 10% of the time, or it's not working at all. If it's working for you 100% of the time, you still want to know what that strategy is so you can apply it to other areas of your life. Let's say you're like, I get to the gym every single day, but I never do the laundry. Cool. Figure out what your gym strategy is and apply that to your laundry. Use the same strategy that's already working for you in another area of life. Or some of you, you're like, yeah, I said I was going to go to the gym, but I said I was going to go to the gym five times a week and I only go two times a week. Okay, well, that strategy is only working for you some of the time. So let's figure out what the strategy is and then we can figure out where you're falling out of the strategy. So the trigger might be working great. You're like, it's time to go to the gym. I look at the clock and then I have self-talk and then I have a feeling. Well, if that self-talk is negative 30% of the time or 70% of the time, followed by a negative emotion 70% of the time, that strategy is not working. So we need to come up with a new strategy for you to get to the gym. So once you figure out your strategy, we're going to move to tip number four, which is build in a positive trigger for yourself. If right now the trigger for you to get to the gym is a picture in your head of you sweating and moaning and feeling horrible at the gym, (laughs) let's change that to a positive picture so you're more motivated to go. So I want you to figure out how you can make your trigger positive for you and I will give you some tips and examples. Some of the easiest triggers to set up are either visual triggers, okay, and I'll give you some examples of those, or auditory triggers. So if you want to set up a visual trigger that's tangible and real for you to be in control of that, then an example of an external visual trigger that you can set up for yourself would be put your workout clothes by your bed so that when you wake up in the morning, you see your fitness attire and you automatically know it's time to put your fitness clothes on and go to the gym. That would be an example of setting up a trigger to work for you. Or you can also set up little notes for yourself throughout the house like go to the gym today at three. So you have those visual triggers set up for yourself around the house. Then I want you to create an internal representation that's super positive for you at the gym. So imagine that you're having fun, you're in your me time, you're in the zone, you're listening to music, you're like, I'm feeling amazing. That's the picture that you want to create in your head when you're thinking about getting the action steps done. So step four was build in a positive trigger. Then the next step, step five, is build in the positive emotion. A good place to start with this is how am I going to feel when it's done? If we're talking about the gym and I ask myself this question, how am I going to feel when it's done? I'm going to feel energized. I'm going to feel relaxed. I'm going to feel proud of myself. I'm going to feel endorphins, right? So that's the emotions I want to create that are associated to the goal. So for example, it's sometimes hard, it's sometimes a struggle for me to get this podcast done. And that's just because, first of all, I'm really busy with clients right now. This is my busy time of year in January. So 
squeezing in a podcast that I produce for free sometimes has to take a back burner because I have real-time paying clients pretty much all day every day, usually the month of January. It's just the nature of my industry where people want to relook at their lives and their goals and if they're in alignment in the month of January. And I love it. I'm not complaining. But what I need for myself is some positive triggers and some positive emotions to make sure I fit in the podcast. So when I see myself sitting down and recording a podcast, I want to see a smile on my face. I want to feel the energy of knowing that someone is listening to me, that I'm connecting, that we're having this great conversation, and that I feel amazing being in flow in teaching. So that's the emotion I want to embody. I would call that emotion empowerment. Okay, that's pretty clear, right? So you are going to build in the positive trigger and then you're going to build in the positive emotion. How do you want to feel? What are you going to feel once it's accomplished? Now, one of the second to the last tip that I have for you is to create for yourself accountability around your inspired action steps. Now notice I said around your inspired action steps and not just necessarily on the outcome of the goal itself because creating accountability around the outcome of the goal itself could sound like this. Like for example, I'm in a book club and we're meeting actually later tomorrow to go over what we all felt about the book, what came up for us, and then we're gonna have some discussion questions around the book. So the goal is to read the book by this date. So everyone is going to have read the book by that date. Here's where I'm saying you need accountability around the inspired action steps. Because if that's the deadline, how many people are going to wait till the day before to cram in the whole book? And I'm so guilty of this. I waited till today to crack open the book because, as you all have already known, (laughs) I'm pregnant, I'm dealing with that, I'm super booked with clients, and I've got a lot of things going on in my life. So this wouldn't work for me if I only have accountability around the desired outcome. If I want to make sure that I am on track with the inspired action steps, then I have to build in the accountability for the inspired action steps, not just the end result. Let me give you an example of this. If you only check in with a personal trainer for like weekly weight check-in or something, then who's holding you accountable to eating the right food and who's holding you accountable to your workouts? So I'm saying get yourself an accountability buddy who will do those things with you. Find someone, anyone who's going to run with you every day or go to the gym with you every day or maybe you make meal planning fun and you invite your friends over and you guys have a meal planning party once a week. Include accountability in to the steps required for the goal. And this last tip that I have for you, I can pretty much guarantee that unless you're NLP certified, you've never heard this tip before. And that is to know your modal operator. And I'm going to explain what this is. I'll give you the definition. But first, let me tell you why this is important to know your modal operator. When you know your modal operator, you can get yourself to do anything, even if you don't want to do it. And I do mean anything, even the things that you don't want to do. If you know your modal operator, you use it 
for your own good. You use it on yourself. Now, what is a modal operator? A modal operator is the word, the language, hence NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, the language piece that will get you into action. Everyone has one, so I don't care who you are, where you are when you're listening to this, I can guarantee that you have a modal operator. And here's what's cool, your modal operator is the same for everything that you do. So remember I said earlier, your strategies might be different. Your strategy for getting out of bed might be different than your strategy for getting to the gym, which might be different than your strategy for making dinner. Well, your modal operator is gonna be the same. Same, 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 no matter what we're talking about. Here's how you find it. You're gonna ask yourself, what is the last thing I say to myself before I get out of bed? What is the last thing I say to myself before I get out of bed? Use a complete sentence. So if you're answering this question while you're driving, just go ahead and say it out loud. If you're at home, you can write it down or if you have access to paper, write it down. Write a complete sentence. What is the last thing you say to yourself before you get out of bed? I'll give you some examples, but I wanted to wait to kind of give you time to think about it before I give you the examples. So if you're still thinking about it, go ahead and pause me. And I don't even care if your answer is, I have to pee. That's an answer. Here's why. The modal operator is the language, the word that you use that gets you into action. For some people, that word is have to. I have to get up. For other people, it's should. I should get up. For other people, it's time. It's time to get up. For other people, it's need. I need to get up. And for other people, it's variety of choice words like get to. I get to get up. If I get up now, I can do X, Y, Z. So get to or can. Now here's why this word is going to become your new best friend. Because whatever your word was, can, get to, need to, have to, should, or time, you can use this language on yourself to get you into action no matter what your goal is. So let's say you're wanting to get yourself to the gym. If you say to yourself in the morning, I can get up now and get myself a cup of coffee. And then later in the afternoon, you're saying to yourself, man, I should go to the gym. That's not your modal operator. Your modal operators can. So that's why that language isn't working to support you. So you want to use the same language with yourself that you do when you wake up in the morning. Parents and spouses, listen up. You can also figure out what your significant other's modal operator is or what your kid's modal operators are and you can use it against them. Did I say against them? I meant for their own good. Example, my husband's modal operator is have to. I have to go to work. I have to go to the gym. I have to get this project done. So if I need the dishes to be done, I'm not gonna say, could you please do the dishes? Because could is not his modal operator. Yes, have to do the dishes might not sound as pleasant, yet it will work because it's his modal operator. So I'd say, oh, the dishes have to get done. 
man, we have to do the dishes. Could you do the dishes today? They have to get done. You have to do them today. And then just like that, boom, the dishes are done. It works for yourself and it works on other people. Why? Because this modal operator is the word that gets them into action. So as long as they're in agreement and in alignment and they're able to hear you, they're like, ah, yeah, you're right. They have to get done. Whereas somebody else who's, let's say you're talking to a modal operator of somebody who's like, I get to get out of bed in the morning. And you say to them, you have to do the dishes. They're not going to hear you and they're not going to do it. So there you go. So you have to either ask the question, hey, babe, what is the last thing you say to yourself right before you get out of bed? Now, whatever it is, all the other words don't matter. If it's, I have to get up and get coffee, the coffee's irrelevant. I have to go pee, the pee is irrelevant. It's listen to, is it have to, should, need to, get to, can. What are they saying to themselves to get themselves into action? That's their modal operator and it will work 100% of the time. As long as you're asking them something that's in alignment with their values. If you say, you have to go rob a bank, they're not going to because that's not in alignment with their values. But anything else that is in alignment with their values will get done. And the same is true for you. So a quick review of everything that we learned today to get you into action towards making your goals habits and making them easy and making sure your unconscious mind is in alignment. Number one is make sure that you have a clear, clear outcome for what you want. Number two, make sure that that clear outcome is smart and write it down. Then you want to figure out what is your current strategy and evaluate whether or not that strategy is working or not. Then build in a positive trigger, build in a positive emotion, create accountability for the inspired action steps, and lastly, know and use your modal operator to get you into action. All right, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor, leave me a review, and also share this episode with somebody who so deserves to hear it and to get themselves into action for a better, happier, healthier year. I'll see you next time. Remember, life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.